Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Hi and welcome to today's show where I'm going to be talking about teens and smoking. We can apply it to vaping, smoking, cigarettes and weed, any of those things where they are partaking in a risky behaviour and you really don't know what to do about it. So, oh my God, I just found out my teen is smoking. Many parents have written to me with with, um, statements similar to that. What can I do? I don't know what to do. I've spoken to them about it. They just shrug their shoulders and say, whatever, mom, it's not that bad. And I'm at my wit's end. What can I do? And, you know, I might be inclined to say, well, what you do will depend on what age your child is at. But at the end of the day, it's a choice they're making. And short of keeping them in your company for the rest of the time that they're living under your roof, you can't really stop them from doing these things when they're not with you. So, you know, educating them is huge, and, but they, they don't want to listen to us educate them. They're like, yeah, they switch off. You know what it's like. They roll their eyes and because they, they know. They know everything. So it is a slightly different situation if your 13 or 14-year-old is smoking versus your 18 or 19-year-old. The older they are, the less control you have over them. Not to say that you can control your 13 or 14-year-old. I don't believe you can. And as I said, unless you keep them under, you know, lock and chain to you and the house, there's going to be times where you're not with them. And at any time you're not with them, they can choose to do any of these things. So, you know, one dad, I remember having a conversation with one dad and he was like, well, I've grounded my teen and I won't let him go to parties and yada, yada. And he's not happy with me. And I've said, you know, smoking's unacceptable. I am not allowing you to, you are not going to smoke. And my point, my, the question I asked him was, well, how, how long are you going to ground him for? And how many parties are you going to stop him going to? He was 14. And this dad said, well, I, I don't know, you know, a couple of weekends, three weekends. So I said to him, so let's say you, you ground him for two weeks and he can't go to parties over the three weekends, two weekends that you've grounded him. He's going to go to another party at some stage. So how are you going to be sure he's not going to smoke a cigarette? And this dad said, well, I won't, but I'll smell it on him when he comes home. And I say to him, so what are you going to do if you smell it, smell it on him when he comes home? Well, I'll ground him for another two parties. I'll ground him until he learns. And I brought him round to rec- realising that grounding him is just going to disconnect. 
him from his child. Grounding him is going to perhaps affect his ability to influence his son um, positively because his son's going to get really pissed off with not being able to go to parties. And helped him understand that his son could smoke in the mall on a Tuesday morning, bunk out of school, go smoke a cigarette in the forest. He could go to his friend's house and say he's going to do a chemistry project with his friend and they could be smoking in the garden. Can you really stop them from smoking? And what do we do? And this dad kept saying, but what should the consequence be? And I said, well, the consequence is is going to be natural. If he continues to smoke, he's going to damage his lungs. And none of us want our kids to damage their lungs. I don't want mine to. But I do know that if my any of mine decide to smoke, I do recognize that I really can't stop them smoking. Only they can stop themselves smoking. Now, a direct consequence could be that let's say you pay your kids get an allowance, a monthly allowance of whatever amount. I'm not even going to discuss amounts because it, it's all varied. It's all relative. Age, stage, what do they have to pay for? what's in there, you know, on their remit for, for paying out. So I can't say an amount. But let's just say that if you find out your child is smoking and you are giving them an, an allowance, then you could roughly calculate how many cigarettes you think your child's smoking, say, in a week. And let's just round it up. And let's say they're smoking a packet of cigarettes a week and a packet of cigarettes is... I actually don't know how much a packet of cigarette costs now, but let's say it's $10. Hopefully it's more. Then you could say, as long as I know you are smoking and I have advised you not to, then I am not going to be contributing towards the cash that you are using for smoking. So I'm going, we're going to be deducting the value of a packet of cigarettes per week, which is four per month. So let's say $40. And let's say your 15-year-old was getting $100 a month. And that included X, Y, and Z. It sounds, I, I'm not even, I'm, I'm just using an example here. I am not saying that every 14-year-old needs to be given $100 a month. Some 14-year-olds will get no dollars a month. Some might get $500 a month. Some might get 1,000. Some might get 20. Some might, might get 80. Let's just say they get $100 a month. And let's say you think they're smoking a packet of cigarettes a week, then that hundred dollars suddenly becomes sixty. And as long as you know that your child is smoking, you'll probably smell it on them, then you continue to deduct that money off their pocket money. And there's a logical, natural consequence. It's relative and related to the, the act. It's totally reliable for you to, to see through. It's totally reasonable. And I see it as being respectful. You are trying to meet their needs. You are trying to make sure they're healthy. So you will not be funding an unhealthy habit. So that's one thing you could do. You could also say that in any event of you finding cigarettes on them, in the house, in the backpack, at any time, they have to know in advance that you will be destroying the cigarettes. So... That, that is a, a logical consequence. You don't want cigarettes in the house. You don't want them on them. So if you find them, you will, you will destroy them. And if they know that in advance, then it's up to them to keep them hidden or have them stashed somewhere else. 
But at the end of the day, you, I don't believe we can stop them smoking. Only they can. So if you want to fight with them, if you want to argue with them, you can continue to do that, but it will, it will fracture the connection you have with them. However, you still have every reason to let them know that you know they're smoking and that it saddens you and that you know they know of the health risks involved. That's all you can do. So it's a tough one. It's no different if they're vaping or if they're drinking or if they are um, smoking drugs. How can we stop them short of having them eat, breathe, sleep, stay with us for every minute of the day? We need to empower them to be able to make a wiser choice. We also have to understand that many teenagers will experiment in all these types of things and most of them will experiment and not become users and abusers of it. Now, if they experiment and they keep using them and you believe they're abusing them, then that's taking it to a different level. Then you may have to make an appointment with the doctor and have a doctor have a conversation with them. But let AN other become involved as well if you fear that it really is becoming more than just a kind of a teenage experimentation period. That in, in that situation, you can remain the influence. But if you believe it's more serious than that, then I believe you, you could consult um, uh, your GP and maybe have the child speak and see, see the GP. So hopefully that's helped. If you have found cigarettes, vapes, marijuana in your child's backpack, in their top drawer, then maybe it will help you have a conversation with them. But just know when I say have a conversation with them, that it needs to be a conversation and not a lecture. It needs to be with compassion and empathy. And we need to be curious. We need to show up and help them understand that we're on their page, that we understand whatever it is. Even if you don't understand why they're doing it, you can't understand why they're experimenting because it's, it's a relatively normal part of teen, teen uh, behavior. But going at it in the, you will not, how dare you, you're an idiot, you know it's bad for you, it's not really going to help and it's not going to foster the connection that you need to have with them that will allow you to maintain and, and remain the influence that they need you to be in their lives. That is first and foremost. We have to maintain the connection with them so that we maintain our capacity to be able to lead, guide and influence them. Because when we lose the connection, we lose our, our power to influence. And that really is our, our most important thing. Because if we lose our influence with them, they will be influenced by someone else, probably their peers. And that's, that's not a good place for any teenagers to find themselves. They need us to be their role model, their guide, and their chief influencing officer. So thank you so much for listening. And don't forget about the, the conference at the end of April. It's getting on now. It's the, we are um, already two-thirds of the way through April, um, March. So this conference is only just four or five weeks away now on the 24th and 25th of April in Philadelphia. So if you're in that area, make sure you grab a ticket. It'll be great. I'd love to meet you. Uh, we can have a conversation. You can attend my workshop, Triggered by Your Teen. And um, I look forward to hear, hearing from you if you have any questions.
questions, you can email me, louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this or you know someone who would benefit from it, share it away, pop it on your social media platforms and do hop over onto iTunes if you've really enjoyed it and leave a review. The more parents that can get help and listen to these kinds of shows, the more children will thrive and their relationships will become more connected in this disconnected, fractured and digital world. So thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.